learning is a super essential part of who we are. And getting a lesson allows you to evolve to the next grade or to the next realm oh, or place, however you view it. Once you get there, you move on to the next thing. And it gets challenging every time. So I've learned not to be complacent in wherever I am. And I'm always looking for that thing, like, what, are, what am I supposed to get from this? whether it's something hurtful or something really wonderful and joyful. What does breathing have to do with this lesson today and this message? Our breathing is super shallow and, and quick when we are anxious about things or nervous. And even though we may say, I'm okay, or I'm all right, or, or I'm going to win, or I am, I'm satisfied, if we're not breathing like that, then... The cells and the molecules don't believe that. Then you can't attract the outcome that you want. Everything has to kind of be in alignment. So if I am looking for something and I feel like I'm going to find it, I have to also breathe as if I found it. I breathe like it. And it's helpful to me because the, the anxiety or stress doesn't change the outcome any. You know, it is what it is. We're not fully breathing. We're not allowing our bodies to get full and focus and, and bring it all the way in. We're not breathing deeply. In some regards, that meditation is a medication, right? You can medicate yourself with oxygen. You can medicate yourself in those ways. Is that something that Badu does? Yeah, man. The trees are just waiting for us to pay attention to them. They have this really huge job in our world. They change our carbon into oxygen and um, this is the exchange, and they're everywhere. They're, they're waiting for us to pay attention to them. A lot of times when we do need energy, whether it's physical or some kind of spiritual, emotional energy, we take it out on one another. We don't take time to pay attention to our breathing because everything is breathing. Everything is. But we're not taking time to pay attention to that breathing. What we're doing is hustling to, to just get more energy to feel better, and we take it out on each other. But the trees are right there for you to take it out on them to touch them and it's a fair exchange because you're exchanging too and that's how we live that's, that's, that's life that's a cycle of life it's a cycle of our lungs yeah, breathing is surging in through our nose and our big old lips and um, pushing it back out to the world I have to ask you how often uh, in your playing of music for people publicly have you put these records in the same space because you approach this playlist like a DJ. This isn't uh, just a collection of songs. This is... Like an artist. Yeah, you, you, yeah. Right. These are songs that I truly and really wake up to every day. That I play in the car when I need it. It's the vibe for me. It's the freak for me. It's what uplifts me or brings me to tears. Or makes me very, very, very sad. You know, the kind of sad that you want to feel when there's some good music in your spirit tears that, that bring joy these are these are real for me and sharing them with you is a very personal and real thing for me on this election day you know with all the noise going on yeah. with politics and who's yeah. gonna be this and who's gonna do that I've been around and doing this long enough that I, I know that no matter who is in the White House the noise continues in some way shape or form and specifically for black folks on a community level, when you get down neighborhood level, mm -hmm. 
part of our survival has been our ability to connect spiritually and vibrate and connect with one another above and beyond what's happening in the political realm. And the reason I bring that up is because part of the knowledge that I believe we need to do as human beings, specifically black human beings, is uh, understand that no matter who's in that White House, no matter who's in these political jobs, we got to come to the knowledge of knowing our place in the universe and uh, what has gotten us through. How do you um, digest on a day like today? Well, what we do know is no matter what we believe, what the powers that be believe will affect us. You know, no matter how many different directions we want to take ourselves and our communities, you know, what the powers that be believe will affect all of us. So it's very good to keep up with what's going on and the choices that, you know, the powers that be are making for us. Of course, we can effectively come together and change those things as, as we've seen over the years, and it takes time, because anything that is uh, strong and will outlast all of us takes a long time, and a, a real plan, um, uh, organizing and uh, putting forth your effort in your life. I did this documentary a couple of weeks ago, you know, um, leading up to this day, asking people in my city what they believed in, were they Republican or Democrat, or did they believe the system really worked, or does the voting system really work, in your opinion? And they gave these differing opinions, and everybody was very intelligent, and it was their own belief. I challenged them next to put on some headphones and listen to a, a song. It was Beastie Boys, Hold It Now, Hit It. <laughs> no matter what they believed, and whether they agreed or, or not on their beliefs, everybody nodded in agreement to the kick and the snare. <laughs> that's, right, that's right. That's right. That vibration. Hip-hop is bigger than the government. Anything that we collectively uh, believe together can can change many things, the frequency of everything. On track six, you picked Donny Hathaway, a great vocalist, piano player, songwriter, Donny Hathaway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He wrote a, an amazing record called Lord Help Me. Mm-hmm. Talk us into this amazing song and why it's on uh, Now Breathe Like It playlist by Erica Badu. Like we were saying before, no matter what we believe, what the powers that be believe will affect us. Well, no matter what you believe also, the power of your belief will affect you. And if you can't control your tongue, then your belief in your religion is useless. So just the control of those things, and we, we're not here by ourselves. We know there's something bigger than us know that. We don't all know what it is collectively. We don't agree on what it is, but it's something. And to surrender to that is why I chose the next song. Very happy to see Sun Ra <laughs> on there. When there is no sun, right after see the light. Very poetic, you know, the suggestion of, of the awakening of seeing the light and, and opening up and, and being available. Uh, and then you take us into this realization when there is no sun he says the sky is a sea of darkness when there is no sun until we open our eyes we don't realize that we're already here you know people are on this journey and this destination to a place that they are they already are but they, they walk with their eyes closed once you open your eyes and look around you'll see this is where i always wanted to be and i'm breathing in this space and i'm here i'm here i've made it i've arrived it's just...
messages uh, and, and energy that clouds our ability to see where we already are. And we're not breathing. We're not breathing deep enough. We're not tapped in. We're not seeing the light. We're not realizing. There she go. The great Stevie Wonder is next on Erica Badu's playlist. One of the things that always is so entertaining about Stevie Wonder is he doesn't have the ability to see, but he sees so well. Because he knows who, who his audience is. His audience is those trees and the wind and the air and the, and the water and those things. He feels that and they are communicating with him in such a way that he knows who his audience is. That makes you an inhibited, not afraid to perform or to write or to sing or to play. You don't see eyes staring back at you that may doubt you or, or interrupt your flow. I love him. Uh, he's always very encouraging, you know, even as just a human being, as a person, to me. And I'm grateful for that. He always reminds me, I love you. I feel that, and it charges me up. In November uh, this month, Mama's Gun, one of your classic albums, turns 20. Yeah. <laughs> Too grown. <laughs> Another one of your babies is turning twenty. <laughs> I know. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's wow. It seems like yesterday, Ebro. I've been on the road so long. I don't remember growing up. It's crazy. You know, I, I try to live life so present that it's, you know, things happen, and the next day you're in another year. Kind of like this year, for example. This has been a very long and short and long and short year. 2020 is, uh, it, it kind, of, kind of describes how my life is. Dramatic pauses and crazy endings and rapid beginnings. And I just remember uh, starting on that record and living in Electric Ladyland studio six or seven months recording that album. That's the last album I recorded in that kind of way. After that, everything else was just kind of digital and sending music back and forth through the airwaves, through the computers. But that was two-inch tape on a real live Neve board with an engineer sitting there. Did you with the 
shit make you feel it all in your toes. Hot shit, got all you niggas in wet clothes. Style out my metaphors when I formulate my flows. If you don't know, you fucking with lyrical player pros like that. Yeah. wanna party with me? That means see just what you got for me. Put all your hands with my eyes to see. Straight buck violent in the place to be. If you really wanna party with me, that means see just what you got for me. Put all your hands with my eyes to see. Straight buck violent in the place to be. If you really wanna party with me, ain't God we trust? Yo, it's a must that you heard of us, yo, we murder us. A lot of niggas is wondering and they curious. I mean, yeah, my niggas do it, it's so mysterious. Furious, all of my niggas is serious. Shit, niggas be walking around fearing us. Front nigga, like you don't wanna be hearing us. Gotta listen to how radio be playing us. 30 times I think you to make you delirious. Damaging everything all up in your areas. Yo, it's funny how all the chickens be always serving us. So all in between the years, when you wanna carry us. Good, then I hit them off with the alias. Various chickens, they wanna marry us. Yo, it's flip mode, my nigga. You know we bout to bust. Seven figure money, the label preparing us. Fight the dust instead of you making the fuss. Niggas know better cause there ain't no comparing us. Mad at us, niggas, it's never we fabulous. Hit my people off with the flow, that be marvelous. Oh shit, my whole click victorious. Taking no prisons, niggas, it's straight up warriors. Why you feeling that? I know you be feeling so glorious. Then I bless and reminisce on my nigga notorious. more than anything not a lot of rehearsing we've done this so many years that that's our rehearsal now moving into a new realm of of recording where we are instead of performing live on stage where you are creating a moment now we get a chance to use um, digital equipment to perfect it's fun Uh, it it kind kind of describes how my life is dramatic pauses and crazy endings and rapid beginnings. And I just remember uh, starting on that record and, and living in Electric Ladyland studio six or seven months, recording that album. That's the last album I recorded in that kind of way. After that, everything else was just kind of digital and sending music back and forth through the airwaves, through computers. But that was two-inch tape on a real live Neve board. 
an engineer sitting there and an A&R coming into the room that you don't want to see. And <laughs> things like that. But it was the last of that era for me. So Mama's Gone is an important piece. It was the last analog um, piece of work I, I did. Talk about your band and new music and the recording process or whatever is, sure. is happening creatively for you right now and how us as fans are going to be able to experience some new creations. Yeah, man. Um, we're going to all experience it together because I've taken on the task of improvisation more than anything. Not a lot of rehearsing. We've done this so many years that that's our rehearsal. Now moving into a new realm of, uh, of recording where we are, instead of performing live on stage where you are creating a moment, now we get the chance to use uh, digital equipment to perfect You know, as tragic as the pandemic has been uh, for many families, and I'm sending out my energy right now and love to you, to those who have uh, ill uh, loved ones and who have even lost them. But at the same time, there has been some rebirths of different things, people and music and our understanding of ourselves and our communities. You know, things have come to a head. We've had no choice but to face ourselves and look in the mirror, you know. Whether we liked what we've seen or not, people have been brave enough to move forward and change. Right now, I am uh, I'm present as hell. I love you that. Know? Letting yeah. it flow. Just letting it flow. Yep. Everybody on planet Earth is going through the same thing at the same time. You know, those of us that are going to live through this moment in history, it's our job to, to, to remember it and to teach it uh, because we're all connected. True. Third eye. Yeah. The pineal gland. Mm -hmm. The inner mind's eye. Mm -hmm. uh, from Roy Ayers. Mm -hmm. That pine cone. It's uh, time to turn it on. It's there waiting for you to pay attention to it. And uh, there are five doctors that you can use to turn on this, this switch, this pineal gland. Five doctors. You don't have to go anywhere else. Number one, doctor sleep. Get in the proper amount of sleep so that your circadian rhythm is on with nature's. No matter what city you're in, if you're going to sleep, and if you can't, go between 10 p.m. and 4 a.m. That's when the pineal gland releases the hormones that uh, revitalize the body and give you the hormonal harmonic energy that you'll need throughout the day. Second doctor, doctor exercise. You got to move something 15 minutes, 20 minutes a day so that the blood can circulate all over the body. Doctor number three, doctor nutrition. Eat the right foods, the foods that are made for your body. There's so many ways to find out what that is. You can do some blood tests and eat for your blood type. You can read Dr. Sabi's teachings, Queen Fool's teachings, or Dr. Africa's, you know. There's so many diets and ways to find out what's going on. There's no excuse for us to not know what's good for our bodies. The fourth doctor is Dr. Sun. You got to get that vitamin D. It's kind of like the game changer. It goes hand in hand with breathing. When you think of breathing, you're also thinking of sunlight and getting that sun on you. And the fifth doctor is Dr. Spirit. No matter what you believe, take a few minutes to be with the self. You know, even if that's in the bathroom at your job or in the car or 
teacher in the in the, in the break room, uh, a DJ uh, in their booths. Take time to be with the self and breathe. Those five doctors are the keys to keeping that pineal gland open and secreting the hormones that the body needs in order to be vitally, spiritually, mentally healthy. Someone posted a video of you um, doing poetry. You was doing on and on. Young Badu, I think you even said in, mm-hmm. in the tweet like you had just got signed maybe mm-hmm, a few mm-hmm. weeks prior. You was in Brooklyn. Yeah, a few days back. I remember that. That young girl, that that MC, that poet, right. that songwriter who left home and headed to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Who was that little girl when she got to Brooklyn? Like, what was on her mind at that time? And what were you in and around at that time that had you on the right square? Let's take it back to the old school. Let's take it to Union Square. Let's take it back to the LQ. And wave your hands like you just don't care. Knock you out. out. Mama said knock you out. 
All of those things. Frank's place. That was my first open mic that you were just talking about. Uh, that's just me right out the train. And uh, finding a place or trying to find a community. And I got a record deal by then. But I didn't tell anybody until uh, it came out. I just kind of kept my head down. And I was really working on myself a lot. At that time, I was super grateful, and I wanted to, I don't know, I wanted everything to be in alignment. I wanted it to be right, and I wanted my body to be healthy and my mind, and I didn't want to participate in things that were beneath us. Badu, you, you put in one of your records, uh, an important record, Times Are Wasted. Mm -hmm. Talk about what this record uh, meant when you wrote it and what it means to you now. I was... um really heavy into studying and understanding the plight of political prisoners at the time. Mumia Abu-Jamal, one of uh, the people who became very inspirational in my life at the time, uh, was uh, doing time. I could imagine that it was from his voice what he would want to tell brothers, you know, take advantage of your time, take out the demons in your range, make your money last, learn from your past. So all of those things that I believed and felt that Mumia would be saying if he had this voice that was coming out of my mouth, I said those things. And I was talking to my little brother. Help us understand the environment of your world and the world that grew you into the human that we know today. There was enough room for me to be myself and my family. I was encouraged. My mother gave me magic very, very early. She told me that I was the best. I took it and turned it into many things over the time. My great-grandmother was an anointer. She had a bottle of olive oil by her bed. What she was doing with it was putting it in her hand and rubbing her hands together, putting it on us, you know, in different places. And the power was not so much in that magic, but it was in our belief of it. We made it true. Because 85% of the healing is the patient. They gave me that understanding. Because she believed so fully. So did I. And so did my siblings and my children. This environment has always been here. We were here before the ships. My family's heritage is Choctaw, Native American. I've always known that the drum would outlast the gun. It's just something I walk with and breathe with. So there's a confidence in, in what I do. It doesn't mean that I am not fearful and I don't fear things. Shock with a 
couple hundred thousand for Thunderbolts before you won in the war. Now you want to talk. It's about who strikes the hardest, not who strikes first. That's why I laugh when I hear that whack first. That was the worst rhyme I ever heard in my life. Because the greatest rapper of all time died on March 9th. 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 Like a jungle 
sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like the jungle sometimes, it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> Sometimes it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. said in, mm -hmm. in the tweet like you had just got signed maybe mm -hmm, a few mm -hmm. weeks prior you was in Brooklyn yeah a few days back I remember that that young girl that that MC that poet right. that songwriter who left home and headed to Brooklyn mm -hmm. who was that little girl when she got to Brooklyn like what was on her mind at that time and what were you in and around at that time that had you on the right square on the right page. There's no way I could have known I was on the right or wrong page or any of that. I uh, just left Dallas. I was a teacher. I'd left Grambling State University, uh, theater major. I taught theater, and I just knew that I wanted to express myself in a, in a bigger way. And my cousin and I put a demo together called Baduism. It was, ended up being called Baduism, and I got a record deal. Um, through opening for D'Angelo in Dallas. Mm. Kedar Massenberg signed me. And uh, Kedar wanted me to move to New York so that I could be close to the label and do some refinement with the with the demo that became Baduism. And I moved to Brooklyn. I chose Fort, Fort Greene, Brooklyn. It was black Brooklyn at the time. <laughs> at the time. And hair wraps and dreadlocks. Everywhere. Nappy heads. Everywhere. Moshoed. Fulton Street, Brooklyn Moon Cafe, all of those things, Frank's Place. That was my first open mic that you were just talking about. Uh, that's just me right out the train. And uh, 
finding a place or trying to find a community. And I got a record deal by then, but I didn't tell anybody until uh, it came out. I just kind of kept my head down, and I was really working on myself a lot. At that time, I was super grateful, and I wanted to, I don't know, I wanted everything to be in alignment. I wanted it to be right, you know, my body to be healthy and my mind, and I didn't want to participate in things that were beneath us. I do. You, you put in one of your records, uh, an important record, Times Are Wasted. Mm-hmm. Talk about what this record uh, meant when you wrote it and what it means to you now. I was um, really heavy into studying and understanding the plight of political prisoners at the time. Mia Abu-Jamal, one of uh, the people who became very inspirational in my life at the time, uh, was uh, doing time. I could imagine that it was from his voice what he would want to tell brothers, you know, take advantage of your time, take out the demons in your range, make your money last, learn from your past. So all of those things that I believed and felt that Mumia would be saying if he had this voice that was coming out of my mouth, I said those things. And I was talking to my little brother. Help us understand the environment of your world and the world that grew you into the human that we know today. There was enough room for me to be myself and my family. I was encouraged. My mother gave me magic very, very early. She told me that I was the best. I took it and turned it into many things over the time. My great-grandmother was an anointer. She had a bottle of olive oil by her bed. What she was doing with it was putting it in her hand and rubbing her hands together and putting it on us, you know, in different places. And the power was not so much in that magic, but it was in our belief of it. We made it true. Because 85% of the healing is the patient. They gave me that understanding. Because she believed so fully, so did I. And so did my siblings and my children. This environment has always been here. We were here before the ships. My family's heritage is Choctaw, Native American. I've always known that the drum would outlast the gun. It's just something I walk with and breathe with. So there's a confidence in, in what I do. It doesn't mean that I am not fearful and I don't fear things because I do. But I'm confident and that makes me be brave. Long line of matriarchs who uh, walked softly, moved slowly. They were a slow burn. They were quiet dogs that bit hard. Your family, um, as you mentioned earlier, uh, just had a a tough loss. Yeah, man. You have uh, two um, grandmothers, both in their 90s, that your family celebrates uh, often, and you speak of often. Talk about how you uplifted the family in this time and and how you guys came together around the passing of uh, your grandmother. My maternal grandmother. She's the the grandmothership of, of my maternal family. She was the first girl born. My mother was the first girl born. I was the first girl born. We have this very, very important mitochondrial uh, 
connection. We actually are one another. You know, my mother's an improvement on her design. I on my mother's, and then my daughter, who's the first girl, with the improvement on mine. And we talk about getting the lesson. Those lessons have come through uh, my grandmother and down to the Puma. And we keep them alive by uh, storytelling. I'm, I'm the griot of my family, the storyteller, of the timekeeper, the bookkeeper, the photograph keeper, the one who keeps the, the memories and the information. I had a celebration for my grandmother. She died uh, in the same room her mother died. And I was, that was 1975 when her mother died, I was four. And now in 2020, she passes on, goes to the next place, same room. As a griot, as a griot, you know, our stories are encapsulated in our music. That's Always right. have been. In our drums, in our melodies, you know, black music can never be taken from black people. There's no other group of people on planet Earth that can duplicate the sounds that our ancestors make and our amazing musicians like yourself make and songs that y'all write. It's because it is entrenched as part of our fabric. Yeah, I can't read music or any of that. I can play and understand and hear and feel, but I'm imagining that music, the theory of music was written based on someone like me in the jungle, just doing what I felt. Badu wants us to know, get your lesson you shall have everything that is for you. Now breathe like This playlist will be available right
make sure you take risks, you know, try out different colors and different things, different hairstyles, different braiding styles, different textures of clothes and different lotions and treat yourself to something beautiful every once in a while because we deserve it. but I love to look like a dancer, you know, because I've uh, been a dancer for since I was about four years old. And all of this stuff, you know, the way that this top is, and it's all dance, you know, and I like to look like a dancer. I just wanted to be you. someone else responsible for your happiness, then maybe you need to check that because you're the only one responsible for it. So deal with it. March soldiers. Yeah.